Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I just want to share some thoughts. Um, and then I would love to pray for some people, if that's okay. Um, so feel free to take a seat. The band will probably just hang for a bit, if that's okay. Um, we launched our theme for the year last week, um, that it is family, la familia. Um, and there's this, there was, ever, ever since last year, I've kind of had this stirring word in my heart. Um, and it, it goes with the theme of family because I believe that, you know, this year our, our theme is family, which is, is so profound, I think, considering the, the last couple of years that we have, people feeling isolated, people feeling disconnected. And I think sometimes a church is not always known for being a family, right? Sometimes it's, it's known for being, I mean, you know, people can say all different words, but I think when we think of the church, some people don't necessarily think of family and some people don't have a right or some people don't have a kingdom filter of what family looks like. Maybe you've experienced family in not, not such a good way. And so that when we say that, you go, oh, family, my family is dysfunctional and messy. And, you know, so I think that we get this theme for the year is profound in the fact that I think that our city, our nation, the world is yearning for family, for connection, for a place to belong, for a place to call home, for a place that accepts and opens, you know, welcomes people with open arms. I think that that is what people are longing for, a place to have that connection with people. And I really believe that inside of a family, inside of even just our church here, you know, you really need to know what your role is in this family for it not to be dysfunctional <laughs> because there's every chance that the church can represent dysfunction. Um, there's every chance that people can, you know, not find their place. And I think I just want to kind of speak to your identity this morning in family because I think there's comments that have been, you know, passed before of, oh, there's someone better or someone else can do that or someone younger or someone older or someone with more experience or oh, it doesn't matter if I don't turn up or it doesn't matter if I don't, you know, speak to that new person because someone else will do it. But we all have a role to play. You all have a part to play, whether it's your first Sunday here or your 50 millionth Sunday here. You have a role to play in our family and it's important that you actually know who you are in the family, in the kingdom, because that, I think, I think that is going to be something that draws people, but also it creates that, that point of safety. I honestly believe, and this comes out of, sorry, I just feel like it's just like this really long intro, but I don't really have like points or anything, so just roll with me. My whole theme will probably just be a long intro and then, I don't know, God will show up and do something and you'll be like... Cool. Um, I think for me, I just get this. Can I just be honest <laughs> if I can? Um, I just, I get this frustration 
in my spirit and I'm speaking to myself here as well. Like I'm not, trust me, I'm still working out who I am. I'm still working out my authority and my grace and all of that. Like I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not saying this to you for you to be then, you know, feel like you're being put down by me because I'm on this journey too. But I feel this frustration in me when I hear and I watch and I experience a powerless church. Because I think that it is one of their enemies, and I don't speak about their enemy very much because I don't want to give him credit where credit is definitely not due, but I think it's one of the tactics that he has of making us forget or even not even believe to begin with the power and the authority that we carry as co-heirs with Christ. I'm not talking about on our own. I'm not talking about like Charlotte Halliday is the most powerful person in the world. No way. Like we all know I'm nothing without him. But I think to dismantle and disempower the church so that we just become a nice group of people that are just, you know, we're very smiley. Some people call us happy clappy. But we're not doing anything. We're not effective because we're not accessing our authority and the power of God. And that song, I heard it this week and I just was like, oh, like for my own life, the same power that raised Jesus, that didn't even just raise him, conquered sin and death. That same power lives inside of me when I wake up. And I go to Bomadary High School. Come on, Bomadary High School. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like that same power is in me. And the same love that rescued the world. That's the love that I'm supposed to be operating out of every single moment on every single day. And I don't because either I forget or I struggle to believe that it would be relevant to me or that it would rest on me or that it would be entrusted to me. And then I just walk around like a zombie. I walk around and I'm, I'm here, I'm functioning, but I'm not really doing anything. I'm not affecting anything. I'm just happy Charlotte, just nice. And I just want to speak to us for a moment about who you are and who you are in Christ because it's like, I don't know, any, any people that love cars in the room? You're a huge car. Okay, no one. Wow, okay, two people. Righto, okay. Maybe this analogy is not going to be good. Okay, but it's like you're all a bunch of Ferraris. Oh, come on. No, okay, yeah. Did anyone watch, watch the F1? Okay, so Benai loves F1. I've never been that keen, but I started getting into it because he was always watching it and all like the points with the teams and the different races. I get it now. Anyway, so you are all Ferraris. Come on, Lamborghinis, I don't know, McLarens, any of those big, high-power cars. But on the front of your car and on the back, you have a little sticker that says Toyota Starlet. <laughs> and you drive your Ferraris around town like a Toyota Starlet. And you're like, me, beep, beep, me, beep, beep, me, up, oh, me. I'll just park here. Don't care if my car gets scratched because it's a Toyota Starlet. And all of the angels and all of the cloud of witnesses are looking at you going, you're in a Ferrari. 
like pedal to the metal, baby. Like, let's get that engine roaring. Me, 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 Like Toyota Starlet, you're like, yes, I just, you know, I just, I'm so humbled to be able to have a car, let alone, you know, a Toyota Starlet. Gee, it just, I'm blessed, I'm highly favoured, Toyota Starlet. And I feel like sometimes that's how we act in the kingdom, yeah? We think that we're Toyota Starlets, but you're Ferraris, and all of heaven knows it. All of the angels are watching you going, come on, Lincoln, come on, Marky, come on. You're a Ferrari, like, roar, like, get that. I don't know how to do that, like, kids at school always do that. Like, you know, with the, I don't know, I don't know how to do it. You hear this one kid coming in our school because he's like, and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, And it's time for you to actually realize the God-given power and authority of you seated in Christ. And don't get me wrong, I've got scripture to back it up. It's not just like my nice story. But you are in Christ. It's not like you're fluttering around by yourself doing your own, own thing, being like, I got the power. Like, it's not about that. It's about you recognizing you are seated with him in heavenly places. It's like he is the Ferrari and you're just the seat inside the Ferrari, yeah? And we need to actually understand that when we get this, when we get this revelation, that is when I believe the family of God can function in its God-given intention because you bring who you are. You bring your gifting, you bring your creative creativity, you bring your, your power, you bring your authority. You're not just sitting here thinking, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't show up, it doesn't matter if I don't talk to that person, because you go, no, no, I know what I've got inside of me. I know what is placed. I'm going to then be who I'm called to be in the family of God, who I'm called to be in the kingdom of God, and I'm going to roar like a Ferrari. Is that like a really bad, I don't know if that's a bad example, Brum, brum. Can anyone actually do that noise? Good. Do you know that noise I'm talking about? <laughs> no? Do you know that? Any, who, who can do it? Justin? Lincoln. Oh, see, I've chosen you for a reason, Lincoln. You're the... I don't know. Anyway, let me read this. Let me just find what I'm trying to... Romans 8.15 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. You have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption. So, so many of us that struggle with fear... Romans 8 verse 15, you haven't received that spirit. You've received a spirit of adoption. As sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I struggle getting sweaty. I don't struggle because I'm getting sweaty. I just, anyway. Um, 
I struggle when people say the word sinners saved by grace, the phrase, because yes, I 100% was a sinner. I 100% needed saving and it was 100% his grace. But the moment that that happened, I'm no longer a sinner saved by grace. I'm a daughter saved by grace. And I think too many of us walk around with that phrase and that humility going, oh, just a sinner saved by grace. And it's not a bad thing to remember where you've come from. I think it's a good thing to remember what life was like before you met Jesus and before you got saved and before you got set free. But that's not your identity anymore. And so many of us are still living as sinners saved by grace. But you're not. You were a sinner. You were saved by grace. But you are now a son and a daughter saved by grace. And not only that, you are an heir. It says that in Romans 8. It says that you are an heir with Christ. You're seated with him, alongside him. And do we operate like this? Do we we even remember this? Do we even function like this? So many of us keep going over things of the past. We keep going back and remembering things that were, remembering things that happened, feeling like we're not worthy, feeling like we're not righteous. You know, that's not true. You are the righteousness of Christ. And it says it, let me read it to you. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled. He made him who knew no sin to be our sin on our behalf. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You are righteous this morning. You don't need to keep going over things. You don't need to keep going over past things, over past mistakes, have this false humility of, oh, I'm not good enough. I'll never be worthy. I can't do that or I miss my opportunity. You are the righteousness of Christ. And not only that, we're called to be his ambassadors. In a foreign country, we have ambassadors that represent Australia. They are our mouthpiece in that nation. We are supposed to be that for Jesus. We are supposed to be that. We're in a foreign land, yeah? We're in something that is called the earth. We are supposed to represent Him, kingdom, here. But actually, like, that's your right. When you are saved, when you have invited Jesus into your heart, when you have said, yes, no longer my will, but your will, King Jesus, you now have a responsibility, church, You have a responsibility. And can I tell you that our world and our city, your workplaces, our schools need people to remember, need sons and daughters of God to know who they are. Because if you don't know who you are, you're not representing the family very well. If you sit there with false humility saying, no, I can't, I'm not good enough. Oh, I did that. Oh, I had that addiction. Oh, Like I get it, but let's move on from that. Because you are called to be an ambassador for Jesus. You are called to represent his kingdom in such a way that when people look at you, they see the Father. When people look at you, they experience his love. When people look at you, they experience his truth. When people look at you, they understand the structure of the family because they go, oh, this person knows that they're a son. They know that they're a daughter. This is like maybe a silly example, but when Bear was born, our beautiful boy, he's nearly two, He needed me to be a mum, right? He was a baby that came into our world that could not do much. 
it would be really bizarre of me in that situation with a newborn if I was like, oh, no, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to change your nappy. I'm not worthy to feed you. I'm not worthy to, oh, you're crying at night. Oh, there's someone else. Choose somebody else. Someone else can do the job for me. Like, it's just, there's someone else better. I've struggled with that addiction. Oh, someone else can look after my son. That's weird, yeah? Like, anyone sees that, they'd be like, you're a neglectful mother and we're going to remove your child. But inside the church, sometimes we do that. We have babies that come in. We have people that come into our family that need to be loved, that need to be cared for, that need to be nurtured. And some of us need to put on our big boy and big girl pants and say, I'm going to be the mum. I'm going to be the dad. I know who I am. I know my authority. I know that I'm seated with Christ and I'm supposed to be his ambassador. I know I'm heir of, the sal- of salvation with him. Let me look after the babies. Yeah? Okay, some of us need to get a little bit more like, yes, like you actually need to. And some of us are at different levels with this, and that's fine. But ultimately, I think that we actually need to understand the authority that has been given to us. And let me read this verse in Romans 8, 11, because this is what I'm talking about, the same spirit. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I'm not joking, church. I'm not trying to make you feel good. This is the truth of the word. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Two Corinthians five sixteen to eighteen says, and this is really good, because this doesn't just go for the way that we see ourselves. This goes for the way that we see each other. In this family, in the kingdom family, we've got to understand and have a revelation of who people are. Yeah, it's not just Paul and Michelle. Yeah, naturally we see them. Naturally they're loving, they're kind, they're generous. But do you know who they are in the kingdom? Do you see the authority that they carry? Do you see the battles that they fought? Same thing with Wayne and Mary. Do you understand that they've stood and fought battles that none of us will ever understand? And we have the privilege of sitting in this church because of them. We need to understand each other, the authority and the son and daughtership on each other. Because that's when a a family functions the way it's supposed to. That's when there's not going to be this weird division happening because we understand and we get each other and we honour each other where we're supposed to. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 says, and this is in the Passion Translation because it's just, it says it very blatantly, but I love it. So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely on their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, that's you. I'm not talking about you, soul, soul, soldier over there fighting your battles. You are enfolded into Christ. I love even that, enfolded. You are wrapped up all in him. Yeah, this is you in him. In my head, enfolded is like, when you're doing like the cake batter, you know, with your little spatula and you're like 
folding. You put in your little choc chips in there. And you don't just let them sit on the top. You enfold those babies, don't you? You like, you scoop them all. <laughs> you scoop them all up in there. <laughs> After this, Ryan's like, I just heard cake and batter and <laughs> choc chips. No, the Lord is speaking. Um, no, but you are enfolded in Christ. You are so entwined in him that you cannot separate. And because of that, this is in 2 Corinthians 16, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. You are an entirely new person. That's why I get cranky when people say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, no, you were a sinner and you were saved by grace. But it says in 2 Corinthians that you are an entirely new person. He gave you a new identity. All that is related to the old person has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. And someone, when I was preparing this, actually really needs to hear that. I don't know who you are, but you keep going over your past. You keep going over the things that were. And it's like you relive it every day and you almost feel like it's your punishment for some reason. And I'm here just to encourage you and please hear me that it says that everything is fresh and new. You are an entirely new person. You don't need to keep going over. Isaiah 43 says, don't keep going over things of the past. I'm doing a new thing. You know what that means for your life as well? You don't have to keep reliving things over and over and over again. You need to still process stuff. I'm not saying, you know, disregard things. Still process it, but then realize your identity and who you are now as a son and a daughter, an entirely new creation called to be an ambassador, an ambassador to our city, our ambassador to our schools, our ambassador to your workplaces, your family, your street, your next door neighbors. You're supposed to represent the king this morning. And you can only do that when you know who you are. Because if I represent, I don't know, if I as an Australian, stood here and tried to represent Zimbabwe, I would have a difficult job of doing that because I don't know the culture, I don't know the language, I don't know the people, I've never lived there. So my identity is not linked with Zimbabwe. To be an effective ambassador of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, you have to have your identity wrapped up, enveloped in him so that you know who you are and you know who you're representing. Otherwise, this is where Christians get, um, do their best with best intentions, but this is where people look at the church and we are not always the best representation. We're not always the kindest. We're not always the lovingest. We're not always the most generous because we're representing something else. We're not representing him. So if we're talking about family, you, my beautiful family, need to understand a fresh revelation of who you are as a son and a daughter in the kingdom so that we can represent this well in our community and in our city so that people, when they come into our family, go, oh, there's mum, there's dad, 
There's brother, there's sister, there's auntie, there's uncle. And not in a weird way, but in a way that is like, this isn't dysfunctional. Yeah? Some of us, and we're, we're going to finish, or I'm going to finish. I don't know what he's going to do. He might go for forever. Um, but I'm going to finish in a second because I think that there are, I don't think, I know, I'm going to back myself. I know that there are people in this room that you do not understand who you are as a son and who you are as a daughter. And that firstly, you need to know your identity in the family. You need to know where you fit. And no matter what anyone says, no matter even now, the noises and the voices in your head that go, oh yeah, but, oh yeah, but, oh, but that, oh, that. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Word of God is truth. And the Word of God says that you are enveloped in Him. You are a brand new creation. The old is gone. Everything is fresh and new. All you need to do is actually just believe it. Change your mindset to go, okay, God, yes, yes, and amen. We say yes and amen. So what I want to do is a couple of things, two things. Um, We're going to just have a moment, firstly, by yourselves, um, to allow him to speak. The worship team, they're not going to sing, they're just going to play. And I want you to have a moment with him, with your father, to just let him speak into your identity, into who he says you are. Maybe he's actually going to reveal to you things that you've been recalling and you haven't even known it. And he says that, I don't want you to recall that anymore. Let's get rid of that. We're going to do that for a couple of minutes and just allow yourself to breathe. Allow your spirit to breathe. And then after that, if you still feel like you need some support, because I get it, sometimes we can't do it on our own. And sometimes you're not supposed to do it on your own, by the way. That's why we're supposed to be family together. Got each other's back. Um, I was listening to to something on YouTube and it was so interesting. He said, this guy was a, a sermon from Bethel and he came up and he said, I feel like, and this was just recently, he said, I feel like that the Spirit of God is stirring together unity again. Unity within the church and unity within churches. And he said, what I want you to do, and it was (laughs) in my head, I'm like, I wonder how our church would go with that. That's a little bit unusual. He said, I want you to pair up with someone, but stand back to back with them and pray for unity. And so I was like, I'm such a visual person. I'm like, that's a weird, like imagine seeing everyone like back to, but he was like, unity says I've got you back. Unity says that when you can't fight behind you, I've got you. And my sword is drawn and my shield is raised. And I was like, I actually like that. I get that. Anyway, but when, I'm not going to make you do that. But in terms of if you feel like you need a little bit of extra support this morning, that you feel like you want one of our team to pray with you, about who you are, to break off some chains, to break down some walls, maybe of your past that you've been going over. We're going to have a moment to do that because I believe that we're called, like I said, to be family, to support each other. So why don't where you are, just close your eyes. Get comfy. If you want to sit on the floor, you can do that.
If you want to stand, you can do that. I actually really don't mind. But position yourself where he can speak. Thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, just as we take this moment, I just pray for open hearts, for open minds, for open spirits to receive their God-given identity this morning. Father, that you would speak so clearly to your sons and your daughters here about who they are and what their role is inside of the kingdom family. Father, I pray that you break down walls this morning, that you break off chains of lies this morning. For people that have been recalling things of the past, for people that still see themselves as a sinner, Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak truth into them this morning. I ask that you speak your word of life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.